Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sims, and I am so glad you are joining me today as we dive back into the topic of health and wellness. But first, I wanted to just say, if you are listening to this podcast regularly and enjoy the content, it would mean so much to me if you could rate this podcast and leave a review. This just really helps the podcast gain a little more reach and helps me spread my message that I have to other women and mamas that may need to hear it. And thank you to the 65 people who have already rated this podcast and the 23 people who have left a heartfelt review. It seriously means so, so much to me. Okay, so today we are going to talk about a topic that has probably touched all of us in one way or another, and that topic is cancer. This topic has been on my heart a lot lately because it used to be that you mostly heard of people in late stages of life getting diagnosed with cancer, but now it seems like I am constantly hearing more and more about people who are between the ages of, I don't know, like 30 and 50 being diagnosed. And I personally have several friends, some of whom are much younger than that even, or children of friends who have received some kind of cancer diagnosis. So what in the heck is going on? (laughs) Is this disease evolving? Are we doing something differently in our lives that could be causing like this dramatic shift? Like what is happening? And I want to preface this episode with three things. The first thing is to remind everyone that I am not a doctor. (laughs) I am not an oncologist. I am not trained in any way in the medical field. Okay. I took anatomy Uh, like nursing anatomy my senior year of college and hated every single moment of it. Every single all-nighter, I hated. I got a C in that class and you guys, I don't get Cs. (laughs) Anyways, I am not an oncologist. I am not trained. But what I have done is a large amount of research, study, and just reading from reputable reputable sources like um, the National Cancer Institute, the U.S. National Library of Medicine, and the National Institutes of Health, okay? So I'm not just like pulling this from (laughs) my own brain. And the second thing is that this is a podcast where I voice my thoughts through my own experiences, conversations, and my own research. In this episode, I am going to talk about what my family has started doing in light of the research that I have found to be just incredibly compelling and about the impact our personal environment really can accelerate the likelihood of developing cancer. The things that we as a family have implemented are absolutely not comprehensive, you guys. And there are definitely other things we could and probably should be doing to position ourselves to be as healthy as possible. But my heart and my goal for this episode is to just share some of the practical and simple ways we have implemented change in the hopes that I don't it encourages you or gives you ideas that seem tangible so that you can slowly begin to pivot in a direction that is better for your overall health and the health of your family, okay? And the other thing is is that I'm not coming from this at an angle of like we have we do everything healthy, you guys. I mean, I, we had McDonald's yesterday and like I'm also so sunburnt right now because I forgot to put uh, sunscreen on in Mexico, which, hello, that's like a huge (laughs) no-no. So, I mean, we're not perfect, but these are things that really have made a huge impact in our household and in our home just to become healthier. All right. So I'm on this journey with you. 
And the third thing is that this topic can be really heavy. And it's something that actually makes me pretty anxious as I've gotten deeper into my research and study into just the science and the data behind it. And a lot of us are touched by cancer in some way. If it's not us physically, it's somebody that we know and we love. So I understand that this is a heavy, heavy topic. And I've honestly struggled a little bit internally not to live in fear as I just continue to uncover um, all the contributing factors that can increase your risk of developing cancer. And if you know me personally, you know that I am the farthest, farthest thing from an anxious person. I am not a worrier in the least, but I have found myself increasingly worried about this topic, which is part of what is driving me to create this episode you know, in general. But with that being said, I will be pointing out some scary stuff in this episode and some of the numbers and studies, and they're really kind of serious and a little bit frightening just in general, but know that the goal of this episode is not to instill, instill fear or make you want to live in a constant state of anxiety with every single product you use or food you consume, right? It will just create awareness, sure, but the driver behind this episode will be to give you some knowledge of the problem and to provide some tangible ways to take the next or first steps or whatever towards transitioning to some healthier options. And you guys, that is all that we can do. Grit and grace, right? Like grit to just understand that there is an increased risk with our generation and we have the responsibility to ourselves and to our babies to be aware of that. We cannot just like sweep it under the rug, but grace, because you guys, we can't go back in time to change some of the habits that we have lived or things that we have already kind of exposed our families to. And even with awareness, we have to be okay with simply always taking the next best step and know that this is a lifestyle change. And that takes time. That takes time to implement. That takes time to change. But Remember, you guys, you are already enough and we all are truly, truly, and I believe this with my whole heart, are just doing the best we can with the information that we know. All right, so let's walk through this conversation together. And one of the first things I want to do is talk about some statistics when it comes to cancer caused by our genetics and then cancer caused by our environment. And some of these stats may surprise you because they sure as heck surprise me. <laughs> but first, what is cancer? Okay, we, we all kind of know, but let's just get technical really quick. Cancer is a group of diseases characterized by the uncontrolled growth and spread of abnormal cells. Okay, according to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, all of these links, um, and I'm not going to say this a million times, but all these links are going to be in the show notes. So anything that's like from some kind of journal or um, library or whatever uh, will be in the show notes. Okay. So if I'm quoting it, it'll be there. Anyways. So according to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, the National Institutes of Health wrote an article in 2008, which I feel is the most comprehensive that I have read. And I have looked through more recent journals and the findings are similar, you know, to this time in 2020 or 2019. But I felt like the messaging in this article was very clear and eye-opening. So I'm just going to share an, ex an excerpt from it 
with you guys. So in 2008, more than 1 million Americans and more than 10 million people worldwide are expected to be diagnosed with cancer, a disease commonly believed to be preventable. Only, get this guys, only 5 to 10% of all cancer cases can be attributed to genetic defects, whereas the remaining 90 to 95% have their roots in environment and lifestyle. Whoa, (laughs) I don't think that I realized that. In my personal experience, I assume that like the majority are genetic and then people who smoke 17 packs a day, like then they, you know, they're going to get lung cancer or whatever. That, That was kind of my approach here. Anyways, the lifestyle factors include cigarette smoking, diet, whether that be like fried foods, red meat, that kind of thing, alcohol, sun exposure, environmental pollutants, infections, stress, obesity, and physical inactivity. The evidence indicates that of all cancer-related deaths, almost 25 to 30% are due to tobacco, as many as 30 to 35% are linked to diet, about 15 to 20% are due to infections, and the remaining percentage are due to other factors like radiation, stress, physical activity, environmental pollutants, and whatever else. So it says, therefore, cancer prevention requires smoke, stop, basically don't smoke, um, increased ingestion of fruits and vegetables, moderate use of alcohol, caloric restriction, exercise, avoidance of direct exposure to sunlight, minimal meat consumption, use of whole grains, use of vaccinations, and, and regular checkups. Okay, um, and I'm going to go into one more thing, and then um, I'm not going to quote like this again. But, I mean, I'm not, you know, the American Cancer Society, so I'm not going to try to make up these stats or put it in my own words. I'm just going to give it to you how it is, all right? So this is from a more recent study from the American Cancer Society, and it says this, a substantial proportion of cancers could be prevented, including all cancers caused by tobacco use and other unhealthy behaviors. According to a recent study by American Cancer Society, um, at least 42% of newly diagnosed cancers in the U.S., about 729,000 cases in 2018, so 42% in 2018, are potentially avoidable including 19% that are caused by smoking and 18% that are caused by a combination of excess body weight, physical inactivity, excess alcohol consumption, and poor nutrition. And then it just kind of goes on to say that there are certain cancers caused by infectious agents like HPV, HBV, hepatitis C, um, and different kinds of things like that. And those could obviously be prevented through behavioral changes, some vaccinations, or treatment of the infection. And many of the more than 5 million skin care cancer cases that are diagnosed annually could be prevented by just protecting your skin from excessive sun exposure and not using indoor tanning devices. Okay, <laughs> let's just pause for a hot second and let all of that sink in. Sometimes I think we get bombarded with so much information that it just goes in one ear and out the other. 
it is so hard to discern what we should give our time to and what we should just let pass. Especially when it's something heavy like this. We tend to default to saying things like, well, literally, you guys, everything is going to give you cancer these days. Or we refer to people who, you know, live to be 103 years old and then they get interviewed on the news and they say that their secret to a long life was eating Doritos and drinking Coke every day. (laughs) So we just chalk it up, you know, cancer to random genetics. But I would combat that last statement that if they are just now turning 100 years old in the 2000s, then that means they lived 90% of their lives surrounded by less toxic crap than we have now. Women in the 20s were not living at McDonald's, going a million miles an hour, working full time and wearing all the hats that we wear, all while using, you know, the fantastic cleaner and watching a million hours of TV. That's a huge generalization that I just said, but my point is they started to get exposed to the concentrated toxic stuff, I don't know, once they were like 80 or 90 years old. And here's the thing. If you are living a fairly non-toxic life, then drink a Coke every single day. Okay, that's probably not going to be your cause for cancer or a terminal illness. It's not the one McDonald's trip or the one time you got sunburnt or the one time you used toxic cleaning products or the one time you did whatever the heck else. It's the compound, you guys, of everything. It's in our cleaning products, it's in our detergents, in our soaps, it's in our processed foods, in plastic containers, our coffee, our baby's diapers and wipes, it's in the daggone air, and it's in our freaking water. (laughs) It is everywhere. I mean, seriously, it's easy to make that first comment too, that everything gives you cancer, and it's easy just to feel so daggone overwhelmed that you just shut it down and hope that you can somehow ignore the reality of it as long as possible. But I am here to grab your hand, to tell you guys, we cannot just freeze and stand here as if all of this is not true. And I'm here to lean into this scary and overwhelming reality that the generation we live in now is full of incredibly toxic chemicals. And I want to show you that actually you can combat this. It just takes a little research and a little grit. And luckily for all of my awesome listeners, I have done a lot of research and I am going to put together a kind of this to that list of things I've personally switched from and then what I've switched to. I was thinking about listing them all out in this episode, but then I kind of realized that it was going to be semi-pointless because none of y'all would remember all of them. So instead, I'm going to just name the top three switches that I've made that are easy, not crazy expensive, but will have a huge impact. And it may not be easy to completely detox our entire life and our entire kid's life, but it's easy to take one step. It's easy to take that first step and make that first decision. That is something that we can all do. So basically what you need to do is go organic everything, and become completely vegan. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Actually, that's probably a great plan, but that's not where we start. So 
I am also the furthest thing from being vegan, but I'm actually very intrigued by it because not only is it incredibly healthy from a nutrition and toxin reduction, toxin reduction standpoint in your body, but they also say it's the single most effective way to lessen your carbon footprint on earth. So I'm actually working with a couple of people I know right now to try to line up a guest on a future podcast episode to talk about how they made the transition from just kind of a quote unquote normal diet, for lack of a better term, to a vegan diet and the impact that it had on their lives and their health and the way they feel every day. I've heard great things. So look forward to that. But for now, let's just take the first step in providing a healthier home for ourselves and our babies. So one of the first switches I did was to essential oils. Now, before some of you all start rolling your eyes, I totally used to think that they were the dumbest thing and they just had a big placebo effect on everything and they were for all the really crunchy mamas. But I have become a believer over the past couple of years for a lot of reasons, but I won't even get into that during this episode. So I am not going to sell you on oils right now. What I am going to sell you on is their all-purpose cleaners though, okay? So household cleaners like Fantastic and Windex and Lysol and whatever else are, you guys, they're so toxic. Like go underneath your sink and read the daggone labels, okay? I mean, I can't even be in the same room anymore if someone I go to, um, if I go to somebody's house and they spray like Fantastic or whatever, it is so, so strong. And the reason that this is a good place to start is because you can get one concentrated cleaning agent, and I'll talk about two different ones that I like here in a second, but you can get one concentrated cleaning agent and literally replace everything in your household cleaner, like repertoire, whatever the heck you want to call it. I bought a glass spray bottle because, you know, Plastic sucks, apparently. I'm learning the, I'm learning these things, you guys. Anyways, I bought a glass spray bottle off of Amazon, and all you do is fill it up with water, and then you put one to three teaspoons of this concentrated cleaner in there, and then bam, you have an all-purpose cleaner. This cleaner can clean your counters and your tables and your chairs, your dressers, your end tables, and I also, I also mix this solution to mop my floors with. And it also works as in Windex and works great. It cleans windows, glass beautifully. You can even mix a more concentrated solution to clean your toilets. And the nice thing about this is that while it's completely safe for your body, it's also antibacterial and antiviral. So even if you wipe the tables down and your kid like puts a graham cracker or whatever down on the table and then eats it, it's all good and it's actually even an immune boost, right? So let's talk about really quickly the two companies I will vouch for and what their cleaners are called. So the first one is doTERRA, and it's my personal preference. Their cleaner is called On Guard, and it's just their immunity blend. Now, I'm only talking about the concentrate here, but we've gotten their On Guard oil to diffuse and roll on um, our kids, their on guard toothpaste, their hand soap, you know, there's there, there's a whole line of on guard. So you can go all in and switch out to the other stuff as well if you want to. Um, there is also on guard laundry detergent, but we haven't personally gone the laundry detergent route. But I know people who have and they say good things. Um, the second company I will vouch for is Young Living and their concentrated cleaner is called Thieves. 
I believe they have a whole line of things also with that immunity blend. And I will put links to each of these companies in my show notes. So there, right there, is one switch that you can do to get a big bang for your buck, so to speak. One product change, and you can replace a whole host of toxic chemicals in one shot, all while maintaining a clean and safe environment for your family. I will also mention one of the things my husband pushed back on when I first got this was that they wouldn't clean as good. And to be honest, I had similar concerns when purchasing them. But now after using them for a few years exclusively, all I have to say is, you are right. They don't clean as good. They clean better. (laughs) It works. So, and I will, uh, those bottles of concentrate are about, they're not even $20 for the full bottle. And you can make like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many bottles out of it. Um, I'll have to look that up. But I'll put it in the show notes and then I'll try to figure out what kind of approximately um, you can do. I know that it lasts forever for us and we actually just go ahead and use like the full concentrate because I don't want to make two different ones like something super concentrated for my toilet and less concentrated for my counters. Like we just do the full concentrate for everything. Um, So everything is always clean and I can just use it to clean anything that I want. Okay. So the second thing we did was change our laundry detergent. Why? Because that gets into your skin. And unless you are like my boys who literally never wear clothes, then this is something that you are exposed to literally constantly throughout the day. There was a study done that had a bunch of different families do blood tests and the doctors were able to tell exactly what brand of laundry detergent they used just by their blood samples. Y'all, It is getting on our skin and you can't, you almost can't even believe it because you can't see it, but it's nuts and it's getting on our baby's skin and it's soaking into our skin in a matter of seconds. And this is a good thing to change because we wear clothes every day. Most of us, right? We sleep on sheets every single night and dry ourselves after we take a shower to get clean with towels every day or however, however often, right? So if we are going to make another simple but big impact, it is laundry detergent. Now, we recently had a system installed in our home that pulls the water that is about to fill up our washer, and it essentially turns the oxygen in our water into like a non-toxic cleaning agent. It's basically like organic non-toxic OxyClean. I don't know. It's fancy. And we actually never have to buy laundry detergent again. But I'm going to go ahead and assume that most people don't have that. So let's start out with what we did before getting this, because we've only had this for two weeks or so. Well, just some kind of organic detergent. We used to use Gain because the smell is just like amazing. The first detergent I got, though, was organic, but it had no scent. I would not personally suggest doing that because... If your husband's like mine, he was going to whine about it and say he doesn't like it because it doesn't smell good like his cancer-causing gain does. But I digress, okay? I would suggest finding an organic detergent that has a light scent your family would enjoy. We really love 7th generation products because they're not ridiculously expensive and they have a good variety of scents. And to add to laundry, dryer sheets, you guys. You got to ditch them. (laughs) 
buy like six organic dryer balls to throw in there and just be done with the whole daggone thing, okay? They last for like 2,000 loads or something stupid. Those dryer sheets are so toxic and who freaking knew? I mean, seriously, who knew about any of this really? I just wanted my clothes to smell amazing. I didn't really want cancer, but here we are. So um, no better, do better, right? Our dryer balls are from Buckaroo Organics, but I think you can probably just like order some off of Amazon, but I will put a link to all the stuff that we personally use. And if you get a scented detergent, then you should be good if you like, you know, your laundry to have a scent to it. If you got an unscented detergent, then you may want to invest in a legitimate, legitimate like doTERRA or Young Living oils to put on your dryer balls just to add a slight scent for when they're drying. We personally use lemongrass or lavender. And just a side note, you guys don't, don't buy oils from Target and Meyer or wherever else. You are just paying for a super, super diluted and not therapeutic grade oil. Spend the extra couple bucks if you're going to go there and get the stuff that actually is going to serve you. Not fool you into spending money and thinking you're using something that's good for you, okay? Um, so seriously, I see so many people like, oh yeah, I got this lavender from Target. And I'm like, ugh, spend like four more dollars and get the real thing, girl, right? Like if you're going to spend 10, might as well spend 15 and get something that's actually working. Anyways, I digress again. Okay, so now our cleaning supplies are non-toxic and our laundry detergent is non-toxic, Okay, that like is a huge spread, you guys. That's a huge improvement. So let's talk about our third and final switch for today's episode. This is gonna be the very, very beginning switches to go organic with your food. Now, there were other things we switched to product-wise before really going into organic food, but I'll talk about an easy way to start switching more products after I talk about this. And remember, if you're on my email list, you guys, you're going to get the list of products I've already switched from. So if you are not a part of my email list, make sure you go on and add yourself because I will send quite a bit of free content there that I hope is helpful as you go along this journey with me. So a big question I get a lot or I hear a lot is this, how can I go organic on a budget? And this is actually going to be answering that question is going to be a big bulk of another episode. But just to start that conversation, here is what I will tell you. First off, organic is more expensive. It just is. For a farmer to get something certified organic, there are a lot of hoops they need to jump through. Think about it even on a very basic level, and it goes so much deeper than this. But if they aren't using harmful pesticides all over their crops, the overall harvest will inevitably be lower for the same amount of work due simply to pests or whatever, eating or damaging a portion of the harvest. And have you seen the difference between some organic and non-organic produce? Typically organic is usually smaller in size, but it's still more expensive. Also, the majority of people do not buy organic, so the demand is lower so they have to price it higher to cover the costs of being able to be certified organic. <laughs> Good Lord, right? So with that said, it is going to be more expensive to buy organic at, let's say, Target or Whole Foods than it will be at Aldi or Costco. 
So if you want to go organic and are on a budget, start with a grocery store that has lower costs overall. You can start wherever you want, but there are products called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. The Dirty Dozen are 12 products that are just filled with pesticides and whatever else. And if you can't shop 100% organic, you could at least start with these 12 things. And then the clean 15 are the top 15 foods with the least amount of pesticides. So if you have to save somewhere, I would try to keep it on that list. And I'm going to rattle off these names really quick just so that you can hear them. But I will link to these in my show notes as well. So the Dirty Dozen is are these products or produce or whatever. So go organic here if you can. Strawberries spinach, kale, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, pears, tomatoes, celery, and potatoes. And the clean 15 where you don't necessarily need to go organic if you're really on a budget, onion, avocado, sweet corn, pineapple, asparagus, sweet peas, kiwi, cabbage, eggplant, papaya, watermelon, broccoli, cauliflower, cantaloupes, and mushrooms. And I think that these lists vary some year to year and maybe even list to list depending. But typically the list stays mainly the same. So here is a good place to start if you want to go go organic on a budget. The only other place I would tell you to start would be to figure out what your family eats the most of. Is it you know chicken, veggies, milk? And then pick that one thing to go organic and just consistently do that, right? It goes without saying, stay away from the highly processed food and the fast food and all that kind of stuff, right? We will have future episodes on the quality and type of food you should be putting into your body from a fuel and nutrition and health standpoint, but this is just a base level to kickstart you on a less toxic path, I guess you can say. Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap up, but I want to give you a resource that I used all the time as I started switching to non-toxic products. And I did all my products first because I felt like food, (sighs) food was too intimidating to me. And it was just in my face all the time, right? Like everybody's got to eat 15 million times a day. So like that stressed me out where my laundry detergent, I just find one that's non-toxic and I like, and I buy a big thing of it. And then I don't have to think about it for a couple of months. That personally was easier for me to wrap my mind around when I started switching things to be less toxic. The resource that I use to do this is an app called Think Dirty. Basically, it's an app that you can scan a label of something in your house, and then it scores it from a zero to a 10, zero being the best and 10 being the worst. Then it gives you the reason it was scored that way. Typically, zero to three is a green score or a good and acceptable score. If you want to find a better product for your home um, on that app, you can actually also search for general items like shampoo, and then it will give you a list of shampoos that fall under all levels from zero to 10. And they are typically rated with a thumbs up or a thumbs down by customers. So you can kind of see if people like that specific product, because let's be real, there are some super healthy, non-toxic, organic products that smell horrible 
or maybe don't clean at all. And you want to avoid those so it's not discouraging once you get it, right? And you don't go back to your chemical-filled products. The last thing you want to do is spend $20 on a freaking shampoo and you hate the smell of it, right? You can then pick one you like and order it off of Amazon or wherever you order things. And I know that there are other apps like this. I just, this is just the one I personally use, so I, I really can't speak on the other ones. And just a disclaimer for this app, you will notice that if anything has the word fragrance in their ingredients, it is flagged and it is rated high. So it's not rated good because companies obviously have some kind of patents or, you know, secret sauce, so to speak, that make their perfume or their shampoo or whatever smell the way it smells. And they are not legally obligated to tell you what makes up that fragrance. And it's all so they can protect their brand formula, okay? And unfortunately, 9 out of 10 times, they use some kind of toxic ingredients to make something smell the way it does. So it gets flagged. So all you Bath and Body Works girls, <laughs> just know that all of that stuff is going to score a 10, Ugh, okay? All right, everyone. So quick recap. Most cancers that are occurring are due to our environment, not our genetics. And this does, doesn't really mean environment like the air we are breathing, but the things that we choose to put on or around or into our bodies. And yes, it's overwhelming, but that doesn't mean we just freeze and do nothing. The biggest change you know, for your buck, in my opinion, is to replace your cleaners with either On Guard from doTERRA or Thieves from Young Living. To replace your laundry detergent with something organic, we personally love 7th Generation, and also ditch those dryer sheets, right, for some dryer balls. And lastly, begin the transition to organic foods by buying organic from the cheaper grocery stores in general, but starting with the Dirty Dozen or choosing a single food or drink or whatever your family consumes a lot of, and then converting that to a healthier organic option. And lastly, if you get on a roll, like I did, and like all of a sudden got super convic convicted, use the Think Dirty app and just begin to move through your house product by product and switch to a cleaner version. All right, I hope this helped you guys and I am so excited to hear about all the switches you guys are taking action on. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a list of things I talked about on the show and head on over to www.simsarrows.com to get on my email list because I will be emailing out what I've personally switched from and to. And lastly, if you haven't already plugged into our Legacy Through Motherhood Facebook group, I would love to get a discussion there with products you love, recipes, places you like to shop, or any other advice. We are all at very, very different places on this journey, and I would love to have your voice and um, there are also just a lot of moms out there who may need to hear exactly what you have to share. So please join in on this conversation. I am so excited to walk alongside each and every one of you in this health journey to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace. Join me on the next episode as we circle back around to marriage. We will start the conversation on how to have a united front when maybe you don't necessarily agree on everything when it comes to discipline, education for your kids, screen time, or parenting in pretty much any specific area. 
So grab some coffee or wine with this one and don't forget, no matter what goal you are crushing or whatever area you are struggling with, you are already enough.